Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a GDP Minute. Now, guys, we ran a live episode yesterday of the podcast in Hollywood, and now I'm back on the dusty mic at my new apartment. But I just wanted to record an opener because you guys know if you've listened to the podcast, I've just been trying to document as much of the come up as possible on this mic. And I just kind of wanted to give you guys a, a sense of what's been going on in L.A. and some of the things I'm thinking now. I've been just trying to be as super productive and meet with as many people as possible. Essentially, I think that's what's going to be most important these next six months to a year is literally just meet as many people as I can because... I'm still kind of figuring out how the game works out here. As you guys know, eventually I want to produce bigger content, whether that's a bigger movie, a bigger web series, a a series for an HBO or Netflix. And I'm just kind of, I'm trying to gauge the scene as much as I can. And um, I also am just trying to meet as many people as possible. There's so many people out here doing stuff. It's just a much different environment than anything I'm used to. So I think moving forward gdp wise that's probably what you're going to see is me just out there hustling kind of like it was day one of me in 2017 at pc just flipping t-shirts and um it's probably gonna be like that for six months to a year maybe it's like that the rest of my life because i'm certainly enjoying it but today's episode that you're going to listen to we ran at a a studio in hollywood because i'm looking at getting a a new live studio because i want a home for the podcast here i don't want to run in zoom anymore um, Zoom may be convenient, but you can't actually foster relationships with people on Zoom. Like, it's not like I could hit up Marty Walsh right now and be like, hey, bro, I'd love to get lunch. You want to go out with me and go get Fat Burger? He would obviously not respond because I don't have his number. But essentially, that's what's going on. So we just kind of impromptu, me and my friend Luke, ran an episode out here. And um, we had the live producer, Armin, chime in. And essentially... We're just getting a feel for the space. I don't think that space is going to work. It could. It might work for one-offs, but not as a home for the podcast just because I need a place I can just show up and I can plan and I can schedule the episodes and I can invite people to. And that's more of like a commercialized space. Um, Anyway, that's just kind of what's going through my mind. Hope everyone's doing all right. Hustling. Won't miss a week. Enjoy. Oh, and I, so I guess the episode is, I kind of just picked Luke Jarvis's brain, who made a movie in Boston, coincidentally, and um, just talked to Armin a little bit. So it was fun, though. It was definitely, uh, I was rusty for the live episode, so I'm going to have to get back in that mode eventually. All love, guys. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Holloway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a quick live podcast. We're live on camera. If you look closely, you can see my calf popping. And to my right, camera left, we have an aspiring and experienced and seasoned director with me live here in Hollywood. Explain who you are, man. Yeah, what's up? I'm Luke Jarvis, Massachusetts, born and raised. Born in Lowell, grew up in Bedford, Mass., just moved out to L.A. a 
couple weeks before my boy Connor chasing those Hollywood dreams. And you can't see my calf right now because people have to pay extra for that. I'm not giving that away on a free podcast. Now, who else is in the room with us? Don't hide behind that, <laughs> that platinum curtain, brother. Who's here? It's me, Armand Zadie, bro. Do you guys have a, a producer mic back there, too? All right, yo, ch- check in, brother. What? So currently, just as reference, you know, I'll upload this to our podcast just to have a little bit of content this week because I don't, I didn't run an interview. Um, I'm currently scouring studios in Los Angeles to find a home for the show where we can start regularly having guests in the film and TV world. And so currently, we're Armand. This is technically East Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in East Hollywood. At a third wheel podcast studio, Armand's making a pretty good pitch for the space. I'd say I do need to see the parking lot after this, but it seems like it's good vibes all around. Tell me what you think, Luke. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, you know, you're the podcaster, dude. I'm just on vibes, but I like it. They got nice lighting. I like the facility. You set us up, even though we were a little early. I think you can get a little Golden Deer swag in the back there behind us. Put something on the wall. I think you might be in good shape. It's a nice, convenient location for me. We're like five minutes from my apartment. Driving or walking? Driving, probably like a 20-minute walk. But those are those steps you were trying to get. I in. am all about You were telling me you were trying steps, to get on your Hollywood dude. body. That's right. I've been doing about 13,000, 14,000 steps so far a day. I think I'm at about 20 today. So 20,000? 20, 20. Total. Steps, yeah. Whatever it took to get to my car. And then into the building. <laughs> and then you carried me once I got here. Now, how are you tracking your steps without a fitness wearable on your wrist? So on the phone, and I know I've had people say that I'm, I'm leaving steps on the table by not wearing the, the fitness device on the wrist. But that gives me a little uh, room to imagine that I'm even losing a few additional thousand and that actually I might even be in you know, those upper teens potentially. Uh, so I, I don't mind the, the lack of track in there. Now, now you were telling me last time I was with you, how many pounds have you lost since you've been out here? I've lost a little weight for sure. I was going to yeah. say, yo, you look way leaner. I don't, got, I don't have a scale, but, you know, that was like the pandemic body that you saw before in Boston, right? Like, no, you were in movie mode body. Yeah. That's the, that's the late night Dorito body, you feel me? Yeah, a lot of sitting at the computer for 12 hours of editing body. And now, you know, I'm in the get tan, networking, moving around the city body. Chilling in the Los Feliz Hills. Exactly. Picking up shorties body. That's right. What? So I, I knew some work had to be done, and that's where the steps come in. Okay, so what, like if you were to have your, a Hollywood physique, yeah. who would you aspire to be? But realistic. Don't be like, the rock. Right. Well, I know. I mean, I don't really imagine myself that way anyway i was i saw something with one of the hemsworths recently where he's shirtless and ripped and i was like is that even possible for me you know like i don't even think that that in my wildest dreams if i committed myself to working out 24 7 for a couple of years i think you'd be surprised that really how you could transform your body in like a 10-year period and at least i guess i mean they're like i assume on the point where they're doing like some uh you know, like they're taking some supplements or something. They're kind of shredding their chest additionally. Armand, you checking in, brother? Yes, sir. All right, man. Tell tell us who you are and tell us where you come from. Um, my name is uh, Armand Zadie, and uh, I'm a podcast producer in L.A. You're born, from? Born and raised L.A. Born and raised L.A., yes, sir. Now, 
Let me ask you a question about growing up in L.A., Armand. What's up? How old were you the first time you smoked a little... Ganja? Booth pack, yeah. Ah, uh, damn, I don't know. Probably 16 years old. Oh, I mean, I guess that's like national average. How old were you, Luke? I don't know. You got me thinking. I would think, yeah, maybe even a little earlier, kind of beginning of high school. Damn, you're really a degenerate. <laughs> Holy <laughs> well, shit. I had a lot of buddies with older brothers. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you're in ninth grade. You're like, I'm a high schooler now, and you're over their house. You're you know, back in the day, it was like you're chilling in a basement and all of a sudden somebody's pulling out like some scrappy seeds and rolling them up in a, you know, something. And then you're just going in the backyard, smoking for like 20 minutes and then asking each other if you think you're feeling anything. And usually the answer is no, no matter what you say. Yeah, man, scrappy seeds kind of makes me think you were smoking catnip. <laughs> Might have been. Now, Armand, so did you go to Los Angeles public schools or? Yeah, yeah, I did. I went to high school here. Whereabouts? Uh, East Los Angeles. Okay, now how many kids were in your school? I don't know, man. Probably a couple grand, two grand. Okay, so the schools aren't like insanely big. No, no. There's a, a bunch of schools, though. Cool. Now, did you live with both parents growing up? Yeah, yeah. Nice. What did they do? Uh, my dad uh, owns a security company, and then my mom works at a law firm, receptionist. So where did you get the creative bug? creative bug damn man i guess like just growing up with youtube and stuff how old are you uh i'm 19 yeah dude it's so interesting so mind you armin i'm 26 um and luke's a little older than i am it's so interesting how kids that are a little bit younger than us like it, youtubers like the idea of being a youtuber is like a huge aspiration for a lot of kids am i right in saying that yes sir isn't that wild? It's insane. YouTube like became a thing when I was like a junior, senior in high school. I'm 32. And like, so I, but that was like the total wild west of like, you would upload anything and it was just a different ecosystem. I mean, I remember we ripped a hot dog eating contest off ESPN and then put our own commentary over it <laughs> and then just cut in like our buddies eating hot dogs and made it seem like it was like all part of the same event. And we just posted it and it got like, you know, 100,000 views. But the production quality was so shitty and bizarre that like, it's the kind of thing you would put up now and get like one view. Yeah, that was the golden age, man, when anybody can make it. Yeah, yeah what would you guys say the, the quote unquote golden age was for YouTube? I remember, have you guys ever seen Jimmy Tatro's videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a big actor now. Yeah, so when he was coming up was when I really loved content creators. I just thought things were so original on there. Well, that must have been like... 2012? I'm probably a little later, maybe like anywhere from like 2013 to 2016. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah. His run on YouTube was about that long, yeah. So you're familiar with his videos? Yeah, 100%. So good, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every... Every year, there's a like good YouTuber that just brings back like the good vibes of the OG days. Who is it right now for you? Uh, probably Eric. That guy's insane. His name is Eric. Er his name is Eric, but his YouTube name is Eric or Mr. Beast. Both both those guys are just on fire. Yeah, I listened to the Mr. Beast podcast with Joe on Joe Rogan show. Like, what a interesting guy. One hundred percent. Like super altruistic. Just he calculated that shit. Yeah. Now. Luke, tell me why you, what prompted your move out here initially? Well, so mind you, Armin, Luke and I are both coming from like similar areas in Boston and just coincidentally we made the shift at the same time. Interesting. 
Yeah. So, you know, it was a couple things, right? Like made a feature film during the pandemic starring some of the funniest comedians from Boston, New York. Right. I'd agree. Um, and, and that was a great experience. You know, that was sort of taking the pandemic to our advantage. Uh, these guys, their schedules are suddenly freed up. So as long as you can clear all the crazy hurdles of getting people COVID tested and all that kind of thing, it was a good opportunity to make something cheap. So, uh, we did that and that was kind of how I spent my pandemic and that was a great experience and we've gotten great reactions and, you know, did some festivals. It's on available to watch on prime and it's going to be on Apple TV sometime soon. And that's all been sick, but at the same time, um, ended up feeling like that was kind of the end of the line in Boston. And I actually, you know, what made you feel that way? Just, uh, well, it's, it's been a few things, you know, I, I went to film school, I went to NYU. And so I got a bunch of buddies that have been out here for a decade at this point. I apologize. Continue. Uh, and so, you know, they've kind of been on me for a while of like, if you want like the industry is here, right? Like you're just, you're, if you're not here, you're not anything. Like you're just not on the map. You're not even playing the game. And I, I didn't, I never like totally internalized that and understood it until kind of the combination of I did come out here last fall or so and spend like a week with them and just kind of like realizing like the the scale you know in Boston Connor like how we met is there are almost no people in Boston even trying to do this kind of thing and you're you realize your tribe pretty quickly and finding a single other person that has similar goals is like you know, you've found some gem basically. And obviously when you're out here, like it's just a ridiculously different scale. And that experiencing that firsthand, that finally sunk in, that basically I felt like I was adding 9,000 hurdles for myself by staying in Boston. And then alongside that, you know, when we put out the movie, it was a similar experience. Uh, we, yeah, we, dude, it was a pretty quick turnaround after you dropped the movie to getting out here. It was almost instantaneous. Yeah, well, so that was by the time I was done with it, I, I just realized that that was I had to finish it and then get get out here because this is where the money, where the action was. But you know, it was while doing that alongside, you know, again, it was that experience of sharing it with people from other cities and things like that, and the reaction be like, "Wow, what the, you got you guys did this in Boston? Like, I didn't even know that kind of thing happened. I didn't know it was possible." But at the same time, still feeling like disconnected from the conversation, you know, like, what do you do in Boston when you make a movie and now you want to make a bigger movie? Like, where, who do you go to? Are you going to like the like uh, real estate guys or like there just isn't that infrastructure or support. So it felt like at that point, you know, all right, I've done what I can here. I've kind of maxed out on Boston and, and let's go. Let's, let's get to California. Yeah. Armin, to clarify. Um it's just a really weird thing from where we're from to make a film and to actually try to put it out. I yeah, mean, yeah. I know here you probably grow up with tons of people who have done it, but Luke and I, like, I, so I also made a movie in Boston and Luke is the only other dude I know who has made a movie in Boston, but totally separate productions. Does that make sense? Yeah. You made the Apple movie. I did. You looking it up on Google? That's yeah. I, I just, yeah. I just searched you up on YouTube. That that's the film I made. And then, um, that's why I made the joke, Luke. I was in your film. I said it was, yes, definitely the funniest comedians in Boston. Oh, right on. Yeah, Connor is in the background in, in at least one scene. I'm about 30 pounds lighter, brother. And 
Yeah, <laughs> you are. And uh, now, I know what's so funny is that when that movie dropped, I, I put a clip up on my socials, and a lot of people were familiar with the main comedian, the like the the huckster. So, so we're talking the, the book. We talking Stav? Yeah, Malkis? Stavros. Yeah. So Stav. Oh, is that Cometown? Yeah, exactly. No way. Yeah. Well, there you go. Armand's familiar. You guys know Stavros? Yeah, he was in my movie. He's hilarious wow. in that movie. He's yeah. like the number one podcaster right now. Yeah. For his group. Yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. So there thought, you go. I thought he was and genuinely worked really hard on the set too. Super focused and. A hundred percent. I mean, he's super funny and got a great uh, artistic soul. Um, and Connor was in a scene with them. You guys are even in the same shot at one point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stavros, his podcast, Come Town, makes like a hundred grand a month. Yeah, at least more than that. Kills it. Yeah. Via what Patreon? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. But so you know, there's an example, right? Like, I would say the majority, potentially the large majority of our viewers are people coming to it from him from his you know they're within his audience and that's cool and he's a huge runaway hit but at the same time there's still just a cap like you know like the, there's that little subsect of people online that that's their thing you know they listen to that podcast that are familiar with it but if you're out in boston you know and that's like your main way of promoting you're gonna have a nice bump right out of the gate but how are you how are you maintaining that visibility basically mm. i also don't want to sound super bashful on the city though either like truthfully like it's a, an incredible i would really appreciate my foundation there oh 100 percent. i mean and setting aside like the arts dude I, I love boston i love growing up there and all my best friends i think for the rest of my life will be from there but um at the same time um you know, I think one cool thing about getting our feet wet there like we did is any artistically minded person, you know, they're down to do stuff in a way that isn't going to be the case in L.A. Or, I mean, I lived in New York for a long time. It's similar to L.A. of like people, everyone's grinding. Everyone's got 15 different artistic endeavors. And if you call them up and you're like, yo, we're shooting something this Sunday. I just really need somebody to stand in the background like Connor did. You're not you're gonna have a lot harder time recruiting those people and that was one cool thing about boston not just the people standing in the background but a lot of the comedians you know the stars that we have from boston are guys who have been on conan have traveled the country they've been on the tonight show like they have the resumes to stand alongside a lot of comedic talent from new york or la but because those opportunities aren't knocking on their door every day if you come to them and you say uh, you know, I got a short script or something like that. And they think it's funny. Like they're down to do it. And so I am definitely grateful for that. Also round. as a, as a producer, like sales pitch first, it's much easier to extrapolate and manifest a plan for a film in Boston as was just what I'm gathering out here, because no one's ever heard that. If you go to a business and say, Hey man, I need like five grand. I'll put your logo in a movie. Right. They've never gotten that pitch before. And they're like, Oh my God, here are these guys from our hometown making a movie as opposed to here. It seems like it's more of a nuisance for most people because they've heard the pitch 10 gazillion times. Oh yeah. I would imagine that's the case for sure. And like, you gotta like, you know, like deal with like taxes and stuff and like, <laughs> like unions, you know, I was kind of just like, it's a little bit under the curtain for me. Well, I think you guys unionized your movie, right? Well, yeah, we were the first SAG approved production after the initial sort of first wave of the pandemic. You should tell that on your next Tinder date. 
Yeah. Well, Rob, my my co-producer, really did think that was like a compelling selling point. I I think I never really was convinced because I think it's a little too hard for any normal too confusing. person to explain, understand. Yeah. But it, that was a lot of paperwork, dude. The the lowest point of getting SAG approved was you had to like have straight up like floor plans to show like the different zones and to show that there was enough square footage for the relative to the number of people involved Ugh. in the product. So I had to like download a free trial of like architectural software and make like detailed floor plans of like, yeah, this is about how big the room is and here's the furniture and this is where the people will stand. And I just, I had this moment of like, what am I doing with my life? Like I am such a bad person to be trying to navigate this like hardcore architectural software right now and whatever has led me to this point man this is i'm lost right now i got to get through this so i can get back to the stuff i actually know how to do would you have been better off just bypassing the whole thing and not making Sag, a we just production? couldn't we had, we had enough people involved that you know they're in the union and they're like yeah man i'll do it bro like but you have to pay them right if, if it's unionized Connor, are we recording right now? Goddard. I mean, yeah, I mean, in some cases, yeah, but at, at least if you have sort of that foundation of the of the paperwork and all that, you know, they just don't want anything where six months later somebody from SAG comes across the movie online and they're like, "Wait a second, like, what is it? Like, what are you doing?" You know, and and that was the main thing I perceived. It's not like what we were ever possibly going to be able to pay was a meaningful amount to someone already in the union. So it wasn't about the money so much as like, I just don't want to do a favor and also get blowback from the union later. Understood. I get it. Now, Armand. What's up? Tell me your favorite movie, brother. Damn, that's such a hard question, man. You just can't ask that to a person. But I guess uh first thing that comes to mind is probably Inception. Really? Yeah. You're a big Christopher Nolan fan? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, he makes some really good films, like The Prestige. But, okay yeah, i like yeah. the prestige a lot yeah that, that's up there for me and the nolan oeuvre probably with dark knight would be my top two with the prestige yeah the prestige was just too good man you like you can watch it so many times and you always pick up on new shit you know what was that new tenant do you guys see tenant yeah yeah tenant's really good bro i'm gonna keep it a buck with you on tenant yeah and, and listen i understand how difficult it is to make a production like that but I left that movie feeling like, damn, I really got to get re-prescribed my Adderall. That was so confusing. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I just kind of told myself, like, I don't even think it's supposed to make sense because I, I didn't get close on figuring that one out. But, um, yo, so how about this? As, a, as a someone coming from a younger generation, like, people, I, and I was, I had a conversation along these lines earlier today with an older guy who's a producer in the industry. And there's this perception that we might get to a point where like a younger generation you know the generation becoming adults now or even behind them like doesn't even like a movie isn't even a thing to them either they're watching like total bite-sized content whether you want to call that TikTok, you know youtube whatever or it's like this forever long serial format stuff like 10 episodes all dropping at once and the the like if movie theaters go away and that's not a thing the uh desire to have like 90 minute two hour movies would go away but it, i just struggle to believe that to me the the yeah. movie is still the best format right? yeah I, I struggle to believe that as well i mean a lot of people just went out and saw a three-hour batman movie right you know and a three-hour spider-man movie so i don't think like 
long form or short form content it's like a, it's a problem it's just a quality or what people are into you know right and my like personal preference is i i still feel like the the movie you know the 90 minute two hour format i just feel like those are better stories than so many of the tv shows and you know my hope is that we steer back toward more movies and less tv i disagree Hate to be a Debbie Downer on both of you guys, but I just really think no matter what, humans are going to air towards society convenience. So if they can be entertained in five minutes, they'll prefer doing that over a two-hour movie. And that's coming from someone who'd made a movie as you as yourself. Like people would much rather watch something short if it gives them those dopamine hits. But I think there's different like the the dopamine hits are like you're lying in bed scrolling your phone or you're on the bus or you you know what I mean. Like, I know, but as a movie fan, like yeah, you go to the theater and you experience the sound and right. the feel, and you and you get your popcorn and your icy, and it's just an experience. But I genuinely don't think people care. I, I hear you on that, and that's probably true to a degree, but even if it's, all right, I'm home, it's the end of the day, I got my girl on the couch, it's 7 p.m. on Friday, what am I doing? I'm watching. I know what you're doing, movie. brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no movies. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, I think that's a thing. And so, I don't know, I, I don't. that's why I was curious for you guys' answers. I really don't know the what the answer is. I know what in my heart I want it to be, but, you know. I don't think it's a two-hour movie in that situation either. I think it's let's watch Ozarks. <laughs> right. Am I right in saying that, Armand? Like, I'm sure you watch more shows than films. I don't know about that, man. Well, you no, you listen to more podcasts than watch movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not the the target demographic you guys are thinking of, but definitely, man. I don't know. Like, there, we are in the golden age of television, though. I feel like television shows have never been better ever. Yeah. Really, I mean, you're probably thinking like Sopranos, Sopranos or some shit. Baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't even hold a candle to some shows like Breaking Bad or something, bro. Like, I'm sorry. But that's Breaking Bad's a little older too, though. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, Better Call Saul. You know, that's it's happening right now. You don't like that show? Uh, I'm just kidding. I I watched like a few episodes of the first season back in the day when it came out, and I wasn't feeling it. What about do you guys like Big Mouth? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, love Big Mouth. You're talking I'm a big big mouth fan. I'm I I've been really fascinated by animations recently. I just think it'd be so much more fun to produce than a film, dude. Right. Just because you can manipulate and control everything in studio, and there's yeah. none of the stressors of being on set. Yep. Pay the animators very little. I know how you think, Connor. Exactly. Um, Ship but, all the work out to the Philippines. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I'm I'm relieved to at least hear there are a few, even if it's not everybody, a few Armands out there who hey. are still watching some movies because, uh, I don't know, that I just, I, I almost tell myself that as people get more and more, I feel like most TV shows are flopping right now. And if those shows are flopping, like maybe that's going to mean people move back toward more, you know, a movie is just... You're doing a whole production to create two hours of content instead of eight. You know what I mean? I just business wise, it just doesn't make sense either, though, right? It's like yeah. you can go shoot Ozarks, which is like I don't know, twelve weeks of content for your audience for what forty million bucks, or you could go shoot the three-hour Batman movie, which is three hours of content for two hundred fifty million bucks. Right? Yeah, I mean, budgets budgets are all, like all over the place, though. Like one Stranger Thing episode is like it's like. Like $35 million. No, those VFX were crazy, though. Yeah, the, yeah. What they did visually was insane. But, the, yeah, he's talking about the budgets for the new season. Is that out yet? No, no, it's not out I'm yet. talking about the last season, yeah. though. Still, the VFX Still, yeah, is yeah. incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely believe we're in the golden age of television, like Succession, and, like, I can't think of all the shows right now, but there's just too much, like, good shows. And we're, like, overwhelmed with good content, and, like, people still watch bullshit shows like Grey's Anatomy, you know what I mean? Right. Armand, do you know this kid with the Emerson sweatshirt? Uh, yeah, that's my buddy Malcolm, yeah. Is he from, from Boston? Boston? Yeah, he's from Boston. I was Boston. gonna say. Emerson, yep, yeah. Boston. You'll he, have to, he says his name is Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll link you guys up. He's he's a big Boston guy. You'll have to ask him if he knows about the AMC right on Tremont Street on the... I'll ask him right now. Yeah, text him. Say That's where I we premiered our film. Luke was there. So, yeah. say that again? There's an AMC right on Emerson's campus called AMC, I don't know, downtown Boston. Probably. That's where I premiered my film. And and Luke was there looking dapper, hitting yeah, all moms. It, it was oh, doing my best. It was it was uh, one of the more uh, prestigious events I've ever been to in the city of Boston. Connor had, you know, Boston's young and beautiful wearing cocktail dresses, scantily clad tuxedos. There was one guy in like the full Joker makeup, but yeah, I think that that's, was so much. I know that kid. I think that's he's just, a nice kid. That's just par for the course of any event now. I think one out of a hundred people just dresses like I was downtown in LA a couple of days ago, and there's just it was like noon on a Saturday, and there's a guy walking around full on Heath Ledger Joker outfit. It's like, all right, buddy, you know, get after it, enjoy I, your Saturday. Yeah, I think um, I think the more we drive through downtown LA and Hollywood, we'll probably we'll probably see the whole DC universe. But uh, <laughs> Connor, you know, he had he had some some nice sponsorships. I mean, I was eating, I was eating well at his premiere. A little Shake Shack. My, yeah, Shake Shack, my complimentary cocktail. Then we sat down and watched the film. It was a big huzzah, a big yeah. bang. Yep. Yeah, Armin, I'd like to get a. A little more into the party scene out here in LA as well, so that's what I'm doing. Did, um, did they do that here? Yeah, yeah, we're big on party. I'm actually going to like an influencer party like this Thursday. I'm I'm interested in seeing how that goes. I've never actually been to like a big like mansion like party before. You know, where's it at? You, you don't have to give the exact yeah. Location, what's up? What's up with the invite, bro? That's this, crazy. Is, this is at Malibu. This is like we're oh, talking, yeah, out yeah. There. we're talking about some like. Plus ten plus million dollar mansion, you know, yeah. way more than that. I've never been to that. I've been to like a couple, like you know, million dollar like rich assholes party, like you know, from high school and stuff. Uh, this is like next level. I've never been to this before. So, so what are you wearing, man? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Like rich people don't wear anything crazy, dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, but you don't have to front like you're rich. No, no, I'll fucking wearing a t-shirt. Well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna wear anything crazy at all. You gotta rep the Third Wheel Podcast Studio, man. Yo. Probably. So, yeah, how, how did you score the invite? Are you an uh, influencer? Uh, well, I, I just have a couple mutual friends. Uh, right. Like, my buddy Jacob Satorius is going to be, he, he's the one, like, who got me into the party, so. Right on. L Luke might be the only dude in L.A. without social media. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, that's how you know how old school I am, how from the earlier generation, man. I don't have Instagram or anything. You're probably going to live a much more content existence. Hey, man. A lot of people don't have social media. Everyone from that made the movie The Social Network doesn't have social media. Yeah. Really? Well, I, dude, I, I also got some bones to pick with that movie. Because I feel like they totally, by like rewriting Zuckerberg's backstory and making it seem like uh, he just got dumped by a girl. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're messing with hi recorded history a little bit. I feel like they made it more boring by making him, making it like a thing of jealousy rather than he's just like a, 
savant freak who you know had this like vision for the yeah, world I, I don't know it wasn't really a vision myspace was out there he was you know yeah right but you know just by like rewiring his backstory a little bit i, I don't know that movie's never totally clicked for me did they though. market it as a based on our true story oh 100 oh, oh no way okay yeah and i feel like people see that movie and think he's that guy and i don't think that really quite is who <laughs> i he think is. he's fucking worse dude. yeah exactly i think it's like more sinister actually than what is in that movie yeah you guys are really hating on the Zucks. I mean, that's he's crazy. a pretty bad person. But Why uh, do we think that? Think of all he's done to connect people. That's crazy. I mean, but that's nothing new, though. Facebook is just the Bro, most fa- popular social media. but Dude, Facebook is the most revolutionary social platform ever. Nah, I disagree with that, man. How are we like hating on the Zucks? I don't understand that. Well, yeah. I mean, think of how much he's innovated and connected people all over the world, man. I don't know. So what? Like some of these, some of these dudes who are elite entrepreneurs got demons in them, but so does everybody, man. They just, he's super famous. So it's magnified. I'm mostly agnostic here. I'm not going to take a position. I know Connor's just sort of angling for the invite to the next Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm meta, leaning, meta. I'm leaning anti-Zuck. Yeah, yeah. Definitely anti-Zuck. I'll never understand that. Anyway. Now, Armand, before we wrap this up, where would you recommend Luke and I go on our next business meeting for lunch in this specific area? In this specific area? Fuck, man. Who knows? Who knows? I... Uh, in the content creation industry, let's see. What doesn't... I mean, just we're looking for a good. Time. <laughs> Are you guys just looking for a good lunch spot nearby? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dave's hot chicken's pretty good. It's like down the street. Yeah, but bro, that's asking for a coma. I've heard about it. It's just like a grease blast to your face. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You guys are definitely looking for some low key LA shit, right? Like some mom and pop. I don't know. I, I can't think of any right now. I'm blanking. Armand, where are you? Where's your family from? Like, uh, what's your ethnicity? uh it's it's mixed uh bengali and indian nice dude that's been like the coolest thing to me about los angeles so far is just how ethnically diverse the entire city is it's amazing dude for sure very different than boston yesterday i met a canadian senegalese person i was like that's the craziest mix i've ever heard yeah well the white guys with red hair work corporate (laughs) jobs yeah i hear you now where's your family from luke uh mostly lithuania yeah it's all clicking now right yeah we've covered this but you know boston southie everyone pictures southie is like all irish and obviously there's a ton of irish there but there is a full there was a full lithuanian neighborhood uh there's still like a couple streets where they got the lithuanian church and the lithuanian social hall and all that kind of thing and so uh you know that's an underappreciated part of the of the Boston Southie history, but they're still there. What are the, some of the strong characteristics Lithuanians are known for? <laughs> Did to go to the bathroom? <laughs> uh, dude, I don't. That's a good question. I mean, all I got here's here's a better thing I'll say. I went to Lithuania a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, and it straight up was one of the most fun experiences of my life. Of that's a, that's you know they were under communist rule right so it's only in the last 30 years that you know they've experienced the free world and what you have is a very young country in terms of like it's the ages scale young there's way more young people than any other generation 
and they are like hungry for opportunity and entrepreneurs and like they're grinding and a lot of them want to leave Lithuania because there's still limited opportunities. But dude, they party every night. I'm going to say something controversial and you know, you can fact check me, but I think Lithuania and you, you're going to laugh, but they have the hottest girls of any country in Europe. I've up, never up really spent in time in Europe. And, and here's how you would know is if you just go on Facebook, Zuck's creation and type in any random goat's creation, <laughs> any random Lithuanian female first name and look at the first five results. You're going to find like three, like super hot girls, at least literally any name. All right. So I'm just saying in your free time, you just go on Google and search a brand. No, I'm just, women. I'm just trying to back, back up my statement here. So you want us to go on Google and Google random Lithuanian yeah. women. Yeah. Just trying to spread the good, good word, dude. You're a classic character in this novel we call life. Yo, I'm on how's the bathroom break, bro? Oh, it was great, man. All right. <laughs> My bladder was about to pop, bro. Okay. Now, you just give us a heads up next time if you want, man. No, no, all good. Okay, sweet. Um. All right. Well, cool, man. I'm glad we ran this. You guys literally still have an hour. Okay. Um, you know that? Well, well, this when did we start? 1126? Something like that. I have no clue. Well, this will be a good exercise in what's uh what the market wants. Is it shorter, short form content with a couple dopamine hits, or is it that long two hour blast that you both are talking about? Did you sit through the whole Mr. B's Joe Rogan episode? I was doing stuff while <laughs> listening to it. Oh no, that counts. Did you finish the episode though? I did. Okay. Was that four hours? No, no, not four fucking hours. Probably like two, there's two and a, a half. There was that one Joe Rogan with Alex Jones, which is like legendary. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what was really um, a great episode was uh, when I was driving out of Vegas to get here, I listened to the Bob Lazar about the Area 51 stuff. And so it was like really cool driving like near area 51 and listening yeah. to stories about area 51 i really enjoyed that now um here's a little disclaimer i, I haven't run a live episode since pre-pandemic like not on zooms so this is awesome um real quick if you guys get any sort of value from this uh, was this my pitch if you get any sort of value from this episode whether you laugh you cry you're entertained you learn something dude just share it with a friend and if you don't have friends you shouldn't be listening to a podcast you got it man you got it all right hey armand thank you so much brother Good yeah to go. yeah of course Wait, man now real quick you guys will edit this and then send it to us yes sir okay sweet a lot of gold shouldn't be too hard to edit okay with that one <laughs> perfect thank you man Not Golden D. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just you forgot to enter.